You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. and shine football fans welcome to morning footy thanks for starting your day with us happy tuesday everybody i'm Susanna collins alongside nico cantor charlie davies alexis guerrero so we've got lisa carlin in for some headlines um, i'm gonna love our conversation today yeah we've got a lot to talk about kids mm. okay mm. so let's let's get into it uh the u.s men's national team playing trinidad and tobago in the second leg of the Concacaf nations league quarterfinal yesterday so uh, United States lose 2-1 in this game, but they do advance 4-2 on aggregate. The storyline of the day, however, was this. Uh, Serginio Dest absolutely losing his mind, a complete lack of composure. He was not happy with some of the officiating that had been called. I believe there was a foul that he thought they had missed. And he completely loses his head. He boots the ball into the stands. Tim Ream is having a go. Matt Turner will get involved. His teammates clearly unhappy with his behavior. He then goes to social media and posts this following the game. He says, I want to apologize to my teammates, staff, fans, and whole nation for my behavior. It was unacceptable, selfish, and immature. I let my team down. It's something I have to learn from, and it won't happen again. Uh, Greg Burhalter and Tim Reed weighed in in a press conference following the match. Here's that sound. He apologized to the group. He said it's not going to happen again. Um, you know, as a, as a team, the players, the staff, we need to hold him accountable because um, it's inexcusable. It really is. And, um, you know, we're very firm with our, with our words after the game. You know, he put a number of guys in jeopardy, made a number of guys do a lot of extra work in this weather, and um, it's inexcusable. There's, there's not, not too many things that, that I can say here publicly that, uh, that we said privately. Disappointment, but I think... Overall, it's a, it's a complete lack of, of respect um, for, for the guys that are playing, for the guys that are on the bench. Um, you know, feeling of, of a lack of respect for, for the game itself, for the, for the referees. Um, we knew, and, and we talk about it every time we come down here, um, every time you're, you're in, a, in a CONCACAF game, that, that anything can happen. So, you know, not, not to give, give an excuse, um, you know, for, for anything like that to happen. So... For, for me, uh, just a, a feeling of, of disrespect, um, to be completely honest with you. And, and you know, that's, that's something that, that, you know, he, he needs to understand um, because it, uh, it, it, completely changes, it completely changes the game, but then it completely changes any type of, you know, potential plan of, of guys coming in and, um, you know, subs off the bench, um, com, you know, throws that completely out of whack. So, um, yeah, just, just disrespect for overall. Okay, so the word that I keep hearing from Tim Ream here is disrespect. 
and he did. He said it. He he put his team in a, a bad position. They they have to play half a game a man down. Uh, Charlie, I know you've been in plenty of locker rooms. Mm-hmm. What was your reaction to not only Sergio Des' reaction, but what Tim Ream had to say and how the team handled it following the incident? What you're seeing right there is being the most polite (laughs) that a a teammate could be given the situation because you know ultimately it was so detrimental to the team. They're up 1-0. He's the one who had the assist to Anthony Robinson Mm -hmm. and a brilliant ball in the box. And for him to have been sent off against Mexico in the Nations League semifinal, right, that's the learning experience right there. Don't, Don't do it. And, and that was more a physical altercation. This is what you're taught from the very young, young ages in youth soccer, not to react that way. Because you got a, a call for a wrong throw-in from the AR, you're gonna boot the ball into, but one, that's just a, a stupid yellow card. Why would you even pick up that yellow card, given that you're, this is an international game. Things you're happen. You're putting yourself zero. in a bad position to begin with. But then blowing the ref a kiss, then you're seeing all the teammates continue to try and calm him down, and he's disrespecting them, continuing on like he was going to fight them. It's just uncalled for. I mean, obviously, they, they've already said it's unprofessional. He let the team down. But you got to expect better from a seasoned pro now. You're not a kid anymore. He played for Barcelona. He played for Milan. He played for Ajax. And this is his behavior. This is petulant. That you cannot expect this from a U.S. international. And the worst part about this is that he misses out on CONCACAF Nations League semifinal. That's inexcusable. You can't have that from people who argue that he is one of our best right backs. Now I have my questions. Now I have my questions. Is Scali not better? Has Scali at this point not deserved to be the starting right back from all that we've seen? Don't, yeah. go, don't go crazy. It, okay. Yeah, okay. You're, you're, now you're no, there's, you, there's holding someone accountable, no, but there's, then there's going over the top. It, you're going to tell me Joe Scali is the more it's, trustworthy it's option. It's I, a more I can, trustworthy option, I can, is what I you're can, saying? I can make arguments. What has he shown defensively? You're going to tell what me Joe Scali is a better right back than Sergio Dest, honestly. What, ha- what has he shown defensively? Let's talk about the complete package. Going forward, Sergio Dest is better without a doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt, Sergio Dest is, go- is mm-hmm. better Would, going forward. Could you not argue that that's more important for the way Berhalter wants to play? Against top-level talent? I don't know. How did he do against Germany? How did he do against England? In, in a World, in a World Cup. Cup. Okay. How did he do, how did he do against right. England in a World did, Cup? He did well. How did he do against Mexico in right. the Nations League semifinal? But now, now give, it, give it the complete package. Okay. All right. Like, fair. I get it. I understand why this has been starting this whole time. Like, don't get me wrong. I get it. He's but, playing in Champions League for PSV. And he's playing incredibly well at left back. Play, he's, he's playing he at might be our best option at left back outside of okay. Anthony Robinson. Okay. Now, moving forward. Okay. Now, moving forward. Given the complete package, given, given mm-hmm. that, given that you can't rely on him he did the same thing in a Nations League semifinal, and now he's out for a semifinal. Mm-hmm. If you're Berhalter, Scali has a good uh, semifinal in the Nations League. Do you not go with him again in the final? Yeah, of, cor- it, of course you do. Right. But don't tell me, don't sit here and tell me that Sergio Dest is now demoted to third, fourth string right back. I didn't, because say, he made I didn't say that. Well, I didn't say uh, that. Whatever. I'm saying, but you're given, saying- given the entire context yeah. right now, mm-hmm. <laughs> Does Scali not become all right? No, it's, it's your no, position I, to I, lose I, at this point. I, I agree with you about the petulance and the and the childlike. Like, it's inexcusable, actions. Chuck. You it can't is, have yes, to do that on the national but, team. But you're telling me players don't make mistakes. 
And yes, he, this he, is his he second made it mistake, once. right? Yes. Right. But this you're going to tell f- me you abandoned him because of that? Uh, no, this is the I'm first not, time he makes that. that mistake under Berhalter. The last time he made that mistake was under B.J. Callahan. Maybe it wasn't corrected. This is an opportunity for Berhalter to use his man management skills to hopefully correct this situation. I don't know what happens from here. Joe Scally has an incredible semifinal. It deserves every right to start the next match. This is an opportunity to work with this player. Let's give him a little bit of credit in that he apologized to the fans. And from what we're hearing, apologized to the players. I don't know what happened in that locker room. I'm not sure if there was a anger boiled over or maybe the players came in and it was a bit more level-headed. I wasn't there. I can't tell you. But at least he apologized. That starts the process to recuperate the relationship with the national team. I'll, I'll tell but you right now, if I'm in the locker room, if I'm in the locker room during my time, he's – there's going to be some physical, physical actions. Can in I ask you a question? Uh, you're you're going gra- to grab Serginho. Somebody's going to grab Serginho. A leader. Yes, and be like, snap, snap out of it. Yes, yeah, for sure. This is never happening again. Again, ever. We we all we all get people make mistakes, but in a match like this, and granted, they're lucky they escaped because that was a horrible performance mm-hmm. from this team. Horrible. From, from, from top down. Now, which we'll get into later. Which yeah. we'll get into Tactics later. Tactics were off, everything was off. But, but, but in I'll your say, era, yes. in your era, he, this happens in your locker room. Let's say the four of us are on a team. Mm-hmm. I kick the ball. I'm blowing kisses. I get a red card. I'm sitting in that locker room waiting. Am, I, am I still there when you walk in at the end of the match? Or have, have I been told to collect my things and get ready and go elsewhere? No, or I'm you, sitting there you waiting. You have to sit there. And, and what happens everyone, when everyone the rest of the team in, walks in? Uh, it's not going to be pretty. From the coach to the players... Everyone is going after him. And you, and you were going to have that moment of, God, I, I'm begging for forgiveness. I am sorry mm. I, I reacted that way. And I don't, I've never played with someone who's going to act that way, actually, to, be think, to think of it. But given the cir- circumstances, you have to have the leaders to come in and say, this can't happen again. Grab you by the shirt and say, you really put us in a hole. You put us in a bind. But the response from the group at halftime was poor. My concern is that this isn't the first time we've seen this mm-hmm. from Serginho Dest, okay? So is this a pattern? So CBS Sports Galazzo actually tweeted this last night. They said, Serginho Dest is the first U.S. Men's National Team player to record an assist and a red card in the same match since Serginho Dest. Mm. So this is exactly what happened in the Nations League. And, yeah, that was a little bit more of a physical altercation, obviously, with the Mexican players. But my concern is that is this guy's head – is his head right? Like, what, what set him off? Like, how, do you, how does it get to that point where you think that putting your team in that position and playing a man down and now you're not available for the semifinal, how is that, how is that okay? At some point, as a professional, you have to be able to switch that on. You have to be able to have that moment of clarity in your head that says, I am, not going to, I am not going to lean into this you know, emotional side. You have to stay clear. And that's my concern with Serginho Dest because we've seen this from him before and it just feels a little bit dangerous it, it, he feels risky yes at this point emotional, emotional intelligence because I think of it as a defender you have to make the ref your friend given that there there are challenges where you're lunging you're you're, you're sometimes put in bad positions and you want that ref to look at you and say I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt in those tough situations. Also, you're a you, you want to have security, that yeah. safety blanket of I have a yellow where you know I could take a yellow in some instance in the game. 
but to boot the ball off. No, but to put to boot the ball off and then progress the tantrum. Like booting the ball off, get your yellow. All right, fine. You're not happy that the ball went your the way. Ball off? All right, all right. Even even I I can. That's like my threshold. A right? ten-year-old booting booting the ball off, but what it it gives hints that at that moment he thought he was greater than the national team because he did it with the. Team three up, he knew that, oh, you know what? I can have this tantrum, and we're up 3-0. We're going to progress anyway. It, it's, it's giving hints of entitlement entitlement above the rest of the group, mm-hmm. which is not okay for the national team. Ego. And, and I, I'm, I'm not sure if that's just a little sample or if it's a greater issue with the personality thing because we haven't, for the most part that we've seen Serginho that's on the national team, we, we, we haven't seen that. And let's talk about its effect on the national team because now he becomes a liability. If I'm an opponent, especially an opponent uh, that doesn't have the level of quality that the U.S. has, I know, A, we could play against this team with 10. All we got to do is egg this guy on or and he's going to boil over. Even if you're better, you go, oh, that, that's, the, that's the right back that booted the ball and then kissed the ref. Yeah. Let, let's start provoking him. He's their weakness. Mm-hmm. Let's start talking in his ear. Let's get him riled up. Let's have him push, push me like against Mexico. Like, the, yeah, you've got a target he got on your back. Face you have a target on your back every single game because they know they can get under your skin and they're going to continue to do it from minute one to minute 90. Every single match, you're going to be tested now. You put yourself in that position. For the rest of your career, we're going to be looking to try and get an advantage. That's an advantage for other teams now because they know you're, you're, you're volatile with your actions. You can't control your emotions. Mm-hmm. We're going to test his ego. Push you, touch you, talk to you, whisper in your ear, pinch you, all those things. World Cup quarterfinal, Evan Vinicius Jr., and I see that. You know, Evan Vinicius Jr., I'm, I'm talking to him Ugh. the whole game. The whole game I'm Chirping. talking to Chirping. him. Oh, and with how provocative and, and, and explosive Vinicius Jr. can, can light a match, because he, he, Vinicius gets in the crowd and he gets into it with players, and boom, it, it can boil v- quickly. Hopefully... Dust, the growth that he needs to show, it has to be, he needs to take strides in emotional growth. He's got two years. Learning moments. Also, there's, there's a lack of leadership on this team that there's not one player that could have broken through that seeing red in that moment. There's not one player... Reem did it, but Reem's probably not going to be there. To really grab yeah. someone? Yeah, someone of a Gucci on Yewu's ilk oh. when he played, who was like, you snap out of it real quick. I don't care how angry you're like, oh my God. Imagine Clint, <laughs> a a ima- bear grabbed me I- just now. Imagine what Clint would have done on the locker room. <sighs> Forget the locker room, on the pitch. Where's the player on the pitch to be like, snap out of it right now, you're costing us. No one was able to do that to him. Mm-hmm. He walked off the pitch telling everyone to, you know, where they could go, essentially. I can't mouth read, but it looked, that's how it felt to me. Well, that's There's what not happens. one player, that's not one leader. And Pulisic's not going to be that guy. Tim Way is not going to be that guy. There was no one on well, that pitch th- that was bigger than him. Well, think about it. During my time, you had Tim Howard, you had Boca Negra, you had Gooch, you had Jay Demerit. I wouldn't mess with any of those guys. You had Clint. <laughs> no. Uh, all of them yeah. were going to be right on. You, you wouldn't even think to act like that. Hmm. And Bob Bradley, on top of that, will, will grab you. So, you know, it's, it's literally, you know you're going to be held accountable for your actions. As a professional, you know from the very start, you can never jeopardize your team or jeopardize your playing time. Yeah. Because you feel like you're an untouchable. Mm. All of a sudden, you're not so untouchable anymore. And, and there's going to be questions raised about your integrity as a, as a teammate. If yeah. I'm sitting next to you, 
Well, you, you, you just disrespected all of us. It's just wild. It's an unnecessary distraction. Look at us. We've had a 15-minute conversation about Serginio Dest. We haven't even touched oh, what actually oh, happened in the game. But we're going to get to that later on in this show. I promise uh, we're I'll also going to have Charlie's mailbag later <laughs> yeah. on. So, so we're going to we're just putting a pin in this for now. Oh, look at oh, nice, nice graphic. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? What am I blowing out a candle? Jeez. There's a little puff of smoke. Why are you doing like that? Hey, Josh, I'm, I'm talking to you. Yeah. Why are you doing like that? Also, what's the color correction on they that? They did That's you dirty on like that Michael one. Jackson. Yo. Ooh, nice. <laughs> me and you look related in that, Julie. You lighten me up. You put me like a... <laughs> wow. Show that again. Ask your questions. Show that again real quick, please. What, what? Oh, my God. All right, guys. What's We're taking a break. Me, Lisa's back with headlines on the other side. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. <laughs> it's you so nice to see you twice. Look at the color comparison. What I, happened here? Michael also, Jackson in your one head frame. Is, your head is not that narrow. No, it's look like, at it. It's like they narrowed my head. Your, they've changed your I think your I'm shape. darker than that photo. Charlie, you, you, look, you look like you have the flu in this picture. Yeah. Like you, I, I don't know what the hell is going Sam, on. Sammy Sosa. Josh, you did me wrong. Sammy Sosa. Your ears are gone. Hilarious. What, did you take this photo? Like, did they? No, did you, he, he obviously put a filter on me. What is going on This here? is Charles Davids. <laughs> <laughs> Sir what? Charles, Sir Charles Davids. This is incredible. The third. I've never felt so. I'd be upset, too. They I finally, so social finally got you for what they've been Yo, doing so to me. Now you see it. It's not a great look. It's like, not the best version of Charlie that we've no, seen. No, that's, that, I'm a ghost. Far from thing. it. No. <laughs> Uh, let's send it on over to Lisa Carlin for some headlines. Oh, Charlie, maybe you can get a little bit more color in Miami because that's where our first headline oh, starts as next that. summer's Copa America final has been set in Miami. CONCACAF and Comibol announced this decision yesterday with Hard Rock Stadium hosting the final on July 14th. Atlanta also chosen to host Copa America's opening match on June 20th at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. The United States is hosting next year's Copa America with the expanded field of six CONCACAF teams joining 10 South American teams. The draw for Copa America taking place on December 7th. In other international news, the Czech Republic clinched its berth in the 2024 Euros with a 3-0 win over Moldova yesterday, but that didn't stop head coach Jaroslav Silhavi from resigning. After yesterday's match, Silhavi said, quote, even though we are happy now, we had already decided before the game not to continue. 
Selhavi was the coach since 2018, leading them to the Euro 2020 quarterfinals before missing out on the 2022 World Cup. In France, PSG announced that midfielder Warren Zeri Emery will be out for the rest of 2023 with the ankle injury that he suffered in the French national team's 14-0 win over Gibraltar on Saturday. The 17-year-old was injured as he scored in his national team debut, becoming the youngest French goal scorer in more than 100 years. He will now miss out on PSG's crucial final two Champions League group stage matches against Newcastle and Borussia Dortmund. From a 17-year-old star to the U-17 World Cup in Indonesia, the United States saw its run come to an end this morning after a 3-2 round of 16 loss to Germany. The Americans battled back from two deficits, with Taha Habrun and David Vasquez scoring equalizer. However, Germany scored an 87th-minute winner to send the USA home. In women's soccer news, Sophia Smith, Trinity Rodman, and Midge Purse are among the 26 players called up by the U.S. women's national team for the December friendlies against China. The roster is the first selection since the hiring of Emma Hayes as the USWNT head coach, with interim coach Twyla Kilgore selecting a group with several new faces and multiple players returning to the team. While several veterans were left out of the squad, including Alex Morgan, Crystal Dunn, and Alyssa Nair. The U.S. women's national team faces China on December 2nd in Fort Lauderdale before playing them again on December 5th in Frisco, Texas. Alexis, this is the first roster put out by United States women's national team head coach Emma Hayes. She did have a say in this, and there are a lot of changes. But what excites you about this group of 26? I'm, I'm mostly excited that it's changed. I mean, there's some new players. M.A. Vignola, young M.A. Vignola, as oh, I'm going to start calling her. One of my favorite Incredible. players. Incredible. Um, the player from Corbin Albert from PSG, young player, um, plays central midfielder, can play defensive midfielder, a position that was super highlighted during the World Cup, not for positive reasons. Andy Sullivan also not being on the team or in this uh, – call up. It's exciting. It's just uh, Crocker called it a process of change. Uh, Emma Hayes was involved in this. Uh, it's kind of denotes a new chapter, as mm-hmm. uh, Twyla Kilgore said. To, to some degree, this just shows that, hey, not, not everyone has a settled position. Come in, play, you're going to get a chance, which, to be honest, I think starts a new era for the U.S. women's national team, because I think Blacko didn't necessarily do that. It felt like he had his players, and then other players could sort of fill in those fringe spots. This is an opportunity for, I think, everyone to kind of stake their claim. And the one thing the U.S. has is a ton of talent. If we can absolutely put the best 11 out every time, I'm not going to say we're unbeatable because I think other nations have somewhat caught up or starting to close that gap, but I think we present a better chance than we showed in the last World Cup. Well, uh, Vlako failed to establish a, a culture, an identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, tactically, he was uh, insufficient. When you look at this new group, it is a new era because you're moving on from a, a lot of the previous winners and Megan Rapino and uh, even in goal, I, I'm shocked to, to see. Um, I mean, I'm excited for, for Kingsbury because I think she deserves to play. Uh, I, I've always thought she showed her class last year in NWSL. But uh, Jaden Shaw is, is an up, up-and-coming star. I think she's got all the tools, just needs to continue to play at that level. And so... Now it's trying to figure out where are they going with tactics? How are they going to um, get the most out of the, the player pool with the new players coming in? Vignola has been incredible. I think she has a really high um, upside with down the left flank, just her, her pace. Something that we haven't really seen 
from the U.S. Women's National Team in terms of being super dynamic, playing, you know, they could play narrow in midfield, use the outside backs to provide width, whipping in balls. Um, I wonder how much of Emma Hayes there are in those instructions, though. Oh, they said she was I, completely involved in the decision-making. Uh, involved in the decision-making to choose a roster is one thing, but then to kind of have that line that unites all of the tactics... Of course, well, she's a, she's, she's, yeah, but she, she's not going to be in in Twyla's no, ear the whole like she, no, it's no. not her job. Yet. But the fact that Vignola's even called up gives you a clue into what kind of tactics she's going to use. Probably very similar to what they use in Chelsea. Lisa, who do you, yeah. who do you yeah. like Lisa, on this roster? Uh, I like that there are young players being called in. I, I love that Jenna Nightswanger, a rookie of the year with Gotham, has been called into this roster. I think that playing well for your club is a direct correlation of why you should be called in for your country. And we didn't really see that over the last four years under Vlako Anonofsky. Nico, you make a great point about Emma Hayes. How much is she going to be involved in this camp? You're calling these players in, but how are you going to evaluate them? It is rumored that she might appear at this camp and she Mm. might show up for one of these games. How important is that, Charlie, for her to be on the ground for these friendlies or for any part of this training camp? It's extremely important just to have an idea of what to expect with her on the sidelines. What is she demanding from her players? How do you get call-ups? I mean... Every but she's co- not going to be on the sideline, though. No, but oh. she's gonna, you're going to have an idea because she's mm. going to come in and talk also, to the team. Twyla's going to be is, her assistant. This so is what we expect. Playing this, for this is how you get onto the national team when I'm, when I'm running it. So, yes, club performances mean something. Mm. Because under Vlaco, you could be playing great, but you don't get the call. Because if you're talking about young players who I think deserved a chance to get into a camp before, it was Jaden Shaw. But he went with Alyssa Thompson. Alyssa Thompson was great playing extremely well, but I think versatility-wise, Jaden Shaw showed that she should have been there. Um, So I think it's really important, to to your point, when you have Emma Hayes there, you just feel like, okay, she's the one calling the shots. She's the one making those decisions on who's going to play and how they're going to play. And Emma Hayes also saying that she thinks it's really important that U.S. international players play overseas. They Mm -hmm. play in Europe. This roster features three players that do not play in the NWSL. So already she's making making that a factor of this team. There's Corbin Albert called in, Lindsey Horan, and Mia Fischel. They all play over in Europe. So she's trying to expand this roster from outside of the United States because Corbin Albert, this is her first senior national team call-up. She's 20 years old. She played at Notre Dame, but she didn't want to play in the NWSL. Back to you, though. Do you think that's good for NWSL? Do you think NWSL is sitting there like, oh, she well, want to do what now? <laughs> so you want to send we're, players we're getting back a to year, Europe? You're going to have a less situation. Right. Here. You know, just in terms of Roosevelt, who's going to be but a But, Charlie, that's not why they hired Emma Hayes. Mm. They didn't hire her no, to not, say. No, not at all. Exactly. But I'm, I'm so it's it back her, to you. Exactly. Roosevelt is a free agent. Yeah. Is she expected to sign an NWSL? Or do you think Emma Hayes is going to say, you know what? I want to see you competing mm-hmm. in Champions League for a club like Barcelona or against a club I like I think Barcelona. it's Emma Hayes' job to do that, and I think she will. And that's why they hired her, to push these players to go outside of their comfort zone, mm-hmm. to play in – try to play in Champions League. Rose Lavelle has gone abroad and played, but to encourage these players to do that and go outside of their comfort zones, to play with and against competition that is different than they see week in and week out in the NWSL. And I think that's what she's going to do, and that's why I like this hire a lot. Yeah. yeah. Love I mean, it. NWSL ain't going to be too happy about no. that. No. Not, her, not Emma Hayes' we'll problem, though. She could call Chelsea. She was there for Great a decade. Great stuff, Lisa Carlin. <laughs> um, all right, guys, we are going to take another time out. We're going to chat some CONMEBOL World Cup qualifiers, including a big one between Brazil and Argentina. That's coming up after a quick timeout. Don't go anywhere.
Welcome back. Tonight in CONMEBOL World Cup qualifying action, Brazil will host Argentina at the Maracana at uh, 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Fubo TV. So here's a look at the current standings. Argentina sitting on top of the table. The reigning World Cup champions, uh, Brazil, though, in fifth. They're coming off consecutive losses to Uruguay and Colombia. So let's do a little status check on both of these teams heading into this match tonight, starting with Brazil. Nico, are you surprised that they are sitting in fifth place at this point, considering fifth. the injuries that they have? Yeah, fifth is, is pretty low mm -hmm. for Brazil. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the last time that I saw Brazil sitting in fifth place in the World Cup qualifiers. Despite the injuries, they have a plethora of talent. It's almost inexcusable that they're fifth. So why are they in this position? Um, they've had to face stiff opposition. I mean, they're coming off back-to-back -back losses. Uruguay just took it to these teams. They suffocated both of them. Brazil didn't have a response to Uruguay's play in, in that game that they lost. And uh, two moments of brilliance from Luis Diaz mm -hmm. and a little bit of James Rodriguez against Colombia did them. I feel like Brazilian football needs to have uh, a bit of a resurgence. It, they haven't won a World Cup since who, 2002. Who provide that resurgence? Hey, Vinicius. Well, it, well he's a, a lot of Brazilians were hoping, were hoping well, answer. probably, but Brazilians were hoping for Neymar to be that guy to take Brazil back to the glory land, you, you, and he's under-delivered. But that's... That's gone. Right. right. So now there's a big, so a lot of question marks. You you look at the you look at the eleven. There's no Adriano. There's no Ronaldo. There's no Ronaldinho. There's not that. No Kaká. Kaká. Like I mean, we can keep on naming yeah. names. No, but there's no is a no one Rodrigo, has. There's a Rafinha. There's a, a Gabriel Magalhães. Right. But have there's a Marquinhos. There's a Martinelli. I mean, this is an incredibly stacked team. Right. You're looking at this. You're telling me this isn't good enough. Everyone talks about the. No, no, no. Losses. I'm not saying. I'm not saying it's what good about enough. The draw to Venezuela. I mean, they have been Correct. languishing for the last three matches. As much as I absolutely love Geniz and like, I love his tactics. There's clearly having a a you know part-time manager might not be the move right now. Also, Michel Pedro Guimarães. I mean, this exactly. is this is a stacked team still. But for a Brazilian standard, you're telling me João Pedro. Look at Renan Lodi and Emerson Royal. And mind you, now they go on to have a hell of a game against Argentina tonight. But of course for, they will because when, you're saying this. when we've had when we've had Dani Alves, Marcelo, Cafu, Roberto Carlos. And you're telling me the best fullbacks that Brazil can produce right now is Emerson Royale and Renan Lodi? Where's where's Gabriel where's uh, Gabriel Jesus? He he could fit in. So Gabriel Jesus didn't play in the in the first game against Colombia. He yeah. stayed back at Granja Comari, right. which is Brazil's training center, getting Coming fit for back this from game. Injury, yeah. There's a there's a possibility that instead of João Pedro, it's it's him alongside Rodrigo. Also, Martinelli at the nine worked. I don't understand why we're not trying that again. And I know they're going to switch around because it's Janice's system. No one's going to be standing where they're where they're in this system uh, while they play. But I would love to see Martinelli, who I do think potentially could be the future number nine for Arsenal. I, I would like to see Endrick. Yeah, he got some minutes against yes. Colombia. We're, we're talking about a player who's going to Real Madrid. Do you want to start him after coming off no, the first time in two him. losses in a draw? No, oh, okay. I, of course not starting him. But I want to see him come into the game and and start to show what he's capable of. Because this is, if you're going to Real Madrid, just like Vinicius Jr. when he was young, and it took him time to adjust. But if he's going to be the, the next inspiration, the yeah. next big player. You're saying drop him in the deep end. 
One hundred percent. Not starting. No, no, no. But but, but yes, it's it's got to be a tactical moment when and yeah, where to course. place him. It, it can't just be you know. It's got to be. It's not like very, oh, I'm scheduling sixtieth right. minute. Hendricks coming in, with, with, and you're and you're you're winning right. two zero. It's not no, it's not Brazil against Bolivia and the Maracanã. It's yeah. Brazil against Argentina. And depending how the game goes, I feel like Genesis might have to make a important. Addition to the game with Endic that could be just that that perfect the, the spark ca- the chemical it's the spark. X. Mm. Yeah, I, is that a cartoon thing? It's it is. Pa- Powerpuff Girls. Okay, <laughs> I, I didn't get that. If Neymar was healthy, though, would they still be in this position? I mean, is it is it too easy to say that? Well, they're missing their best player. Brazil plays better with Neymar. Yeah, without a doubt. Exactly. Because they flow off of his creativity. Yeah. And his confidence exactly. on the ball. Plus, there's no a little dynamism. But is that, too, is, 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 is that, that too next. easy of an excuse to use for yeah, Brazil? Yes, because look at the talent pool that Brazil has. Okay. They have a lot of injuries. Let's, 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 don't put that lightly. Right. Some real world-class players are out yes. of this team. But given but, that, as a manager in this team, you have to figure out okay. ways to get them going. To Maybe to get someone else who, to empower another player, to give them that freedom that Neymar has. That's, that's the job of the manager. I, I'm like at a crux here because it's like, yes, they have a lot of talent, it's deep. Brazil will always have a deep talent pool. But there's, again, to my first point, there's nobody supremely world-class, which we've been used to Brazilian generations upon generations having mm-hmm. like supremely world-class, some of the best players in the world, but you look at that team Game and it's like, Vini- well, not even the team that we saw, but without Vinicius, you look at these players and who, who's top three in their position? Allison? In the world? In their position, on that team that we saw. Mm. None, maybe. Marquinhos. I can think of three better center backs than Marquinhos. There's Allison might be Are the you only saying one in the world. In the world, top. Yeah, but th- why would you need to be top three in the world? Because you looked at the Brazil teams historically, the ones that have won World Cups. Probably there were five minimum that were the best player in their position in the world. But they were all, that good. That's all, what I'm saying. Is they're deep, but they're play. not. And they're important on their oh. team, which is the most important thing if you're the sure. Brazil manager. Right. You don't need to have 11 world-class players or 11 players who are the best in their position or top three in their position to win, right? Look to, at Colombia. To, to, to win at, a world Cup, but well, Colombia's different. I'm, I'm, let's talk about Brazil to the Brazilian standard. But Brazil to the five, have to you see the, the five stars standard. on their crest? You, you, it's not just Brazilian standard, but South, the rest of South America. They shouldn't be in fifth place regardless. Previous yeah. qualifying, that would have been a playoff position. Now, obviously, a lot more players get in. A lot more teams get in, I should say. A lot more nations get in. But, yeah, that would have been embarrassing if they would have finished in fifth. And weren't they, weren't they undefeated in the last qualifying cycle? They were. And, by the way, this Argentina-Brazil game wasn't played in the last World Cup oh, qualifying cycle. Remember when it was kind of with players COVID? Players the pitch, wasn't it? Uh, it, was, it was people from the sanitary department of Brazil charge the pitch to get the game canceled when they were already both qualified because Argentina falsified documents, COVID documents to get okay. into Brazil. Remember wow. that? We were, where were we? Were at, we were in New York and we were doing something for CONCACAF together. Yeah. And I was watching it on my phone. And I was like, whoa, well, what's going on? Crazy. So we, we, we didn't get this match. Yeah. Okay, uh, well, let's flip it over to the Argentina side of mm. things. Um, this could potentially be Lionel's Messi 
his last match in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do you feel about that? What are your thoughts, Nico? Yeah, hopefully he comes out on top. This is uh, super exciting because it's the last Clásico in World Cup qualifying that we get. Obviously, we might get one in Copa América where Messi has alluded to it being his final games with the Argentine national team this summer. But uh, it's it's been exciting. He hasn't particularly done, Argentina hasn't particularly done one. Brazil's a very difficult place to go and win. But if there's ever a moment mm. where I feel most confident in Argentina getting a result, it's now. Because of the injuries for Brazil or? No, because of the state of, of the Brazilian national team. There's so many question marks there. It's unconvincing. They struggle to get wins, and Argentina saved the game against Uruguay, where I think that they recognize, if they can recognize where their downfall was and where Uruguay was able to beat them and say, okay, we need to brush up here, we need to be better here and, and work off of that loss, because before that, Argentina was cooking the way that they were 15 playing. 15 wins in a row. Sensational. Yeah. I, mean, I, just- I think it's always tough for Brazil when you have a coach coming, Ancelotti, you know it's certain, and you have like this waiting game because you don't know how Ancelotti is going to play with this team or who his player selection is going to be. You have an idea, but it's it's almost like we're playing, but we don't know what the future is is going to be like because we have to wait for Ancelotti to get here. So a lot of players, it's that uncertainty. It's not a good position if you're in this Brazilian side. I will say though that the the for me the reason they would hire Janice is because he's almost an amuse bouche or an appetizer to the main deal. Of course, I bring it about food because uh, they play a similar style in relationism. But if you're Argentina on the Argentina side, you're also coming off a loss. This is, two, this is the first time ever in qualifying that both these teams are going to play each other coming off a loss. This is the eternal rivalry. There's did a you lot finally of, find that stat? I did. I, did, I finally I'm so found happy that. for you. you. you guys, this. this was a journey it was never, for Alexis. Never in qualifying. <laughs> have never. They've never played each other. That's huge. These two teams who've played each other so much, and I think a lot of people, they look at qualifying a little differently than the, they, they are in South America. There's 10 countries. They, these, these teams play each other all the time. This is the first time in history they're playing each other coming off a loss. So who rebounds? I know Nico's very confident. They're like, oh, we slipped up a little bit against Uruguay, but we'll figure it out. No, this, is you the, don't know. this is the most confident I've ever been in Argentina really? going to Brazil. I would feel the same way just because of just how... The context of yeah. each team. Go, you, do you know what was going to Brazil World Cup qualifying when I was a kid? It's like, oh... We're going to get spanked, really? aren't we? They, Brazil, grow, like, I remember the, the first World Cup qualifying I, re, I remember very well was towards 2006 for Argentina. In fact, outplayed Brazil only in Argentina, though. Argentina has struggled. It's, it's very difficult to go play in Brazil. And they were, they've, historically, they've been super good. And I don't buy that this is going to be Lionel Messi's you don't? Copa America swan song because mm. he's playing in Miami. The World Cup is in the, the, the North America. Copa America is here, so I just feel that it makes sense to say, you know what, I can, he gets a little taste of that, and he's like, I can push it. Why not? Argentina's putting a training center in Miami. How about... Do you think, do you you honestly think he's going to be done? What I think is going through his head, he gave himself a limit because he says, okay, I I can't push myself, and, and he'll probably make a decision after Copa America. And I think he'll continue afterwards. I have faith that. What about when Inter Miami and NYCFC play a, uh, a friendly in Brazil? 
Let's get that money. Let's get this money. Brazil, Argentina, tonight, 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Fubo TV. All right, we're going to take another break. Marco Messina is going to join us when we return to chat about that Italy-Ukraine match in the Euro qualifiers. That's coming up. Stick around.